This is a new territory that we're, we're entering into for the Lakers and for a lot of organizations. Knowing Magic's not in the office, where's Magic? You see, man? Just to highlight the fact that he's not there, never around. It's more about Golden State right now. Playing without Kevin Durant, showing the world that, hey, we're still here, we're still champs, even without Kevin Durant. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Skip and Shannon to break down the possibility of Kevin Durant feuding with Steve Kerr. What's going on with Katie? Well, first of all, let me address the Steve Kerr situation. He should have absolutely no problem with Steve Kerr. Zero. Is prodding, is that another word for coaching? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, like, if you don't can't let a coach prod you, then you just don't want to be coached. I really don't put much stock into this. You, you know Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan got into it at times. Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant. It happens. So I don't put much into that at all. The bigger thing is Steph's team. KD knew it was Steph's team when he went there. But there were two things that he had not experienced that he wanted that overrode his sense that it would be Steph's team. Number one, he really did love the way they played. The selflessness, the ball movement, the player movement. He wanted to be a part of that after all those years with Russ. Mm -hmm. Iso ball. Secondly, of course, rings. Yes. Okay? So, So even though he knew it was somebody else's team, those two desires overrode it. Mm-hmm. But now that he's experienced all that, the ball movement, the player movement, the way they play, and then the championships, and by his own admission, he has said, is this it? These championships, I, you know, it's yeah. nice, but it's no big deal. Is that all there is? Right. Now there's nothing to override mm-hmm. the understanding that this is somebody else's team. Mm-hmm. And... and He's for three years that KD's had to live with this. Mm-hmm. His own general manager at the parade last year, Bob Myers, poking fun at him. Well, Steph's been here since the beginning. KD's not. Clyde mm-hmm. Frazier, mm-hmm. another top 50 player of all time. Not, not a role player, an all-time great saying, ah, there's an asterisk, you know, by him. Yep. And 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 then look, I can name two players I've talked to off the top of my head who have told me, look. Everybody respects KD's game. You can't help but know this dude is awesome. But they look a little funny at the rings because they feel like a lot of guys could have went there. Yeah, and got those. And so KD understands this. So that is what is eating him up right now. And look, everybody's wondering. Well, let me finish with this point. After all that's gone over the last three years, him winning the finals MVPs the last two years. The players on his own team, Steph, Clay, saying he's the best player on the team. We need him. Everybody's saying he's probably the best player in the world. You can tell yourself, man, these critics don't know what they're talking about. Because I am. The, they do need me. I've been the finals MVP the last two years. Clearly, they need me. Sure. Mm-hmm. But now, with your own eyes, <laughs> you're watching it. And, and KD is smart. He's a basketball. Yeah. IQ is high. He knows how... He's seeing how good Steph is now, how Clay and Steph are demolishing Lillard and CJ, how Draymond is playing awesome (laughs) basketball. And now he's seeing it within himself. 
They, they, they don't, they need, don't me. need me. And here's the, the, let's get to the crux of the matter. Because everybody's saying, are they better without KD? Can they be better? Here's the issue. They don't have to be better without KD. They just have to be better than everybody else mm -hmm. without KD. Yep. If they win this championship without KD, people already belittling the two rings. KD is diminished. No question. Right. But hold on, Skip. You remember I said the very thing. I said the very thing that Kevin Durant is upset about Steve Kerr about. And I was ignorant for saying what I said. That was an ignorant statement. I said he would never be loved like Steph Curry in the Bay. You said that. I said it. And he said that's that was a fact. That's an ignorant statement. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm. And now the very thing that he called me, said I was ignorant for saying, sure. is what he's upset about. You said that the fact that he loved the ball movement was willing to override that he, against his better judgment what mm -hmm. he was doing. The opportunity to win the rings overrode. But what he couldn't get, get his mind around is that he won finals MVP mm -hmm. and he still was never right. embraced like Steph was. Mm -hmm. He couldn't override that. Yeah. Skip, I can get my round. You know what? Yeah, they can call me a sucker for going and jumping on a 73 and 19. Yeah, but I got these rings. Right. I'm the finals MVP. Mm -hmm. I hit the shots of shots heard around the world. Steph, our baby, though. We like Steph more than you. And I kept telling people all the time, Kevin Durant's a private jet. Skip, I got a little money. Not much. I ain't got Skip Baylor's money. I got a little money. I can, I can fly <laughs> private sometimes. Yeah. That's Stop a great... It. Must be nice. It's a luxury. It's it must a luxury. be nice. But if Delta go in exactly the spot the private jet can take me, mm. why the hell would I do that? Uh, I and, just use points I, every time I fly. <laughs> That's all I got. I ain't got no points. points. I ain't got no points. But anyway, KD was a luxury. Yeah. yeah. KD makes them unbeatable in a seven-game series. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, he better pray he gets back. Mm. Because if they win this title without Kevin Durant, nobody will ever, ever look at Kevin Durant the same. Well, mm. that's why he'll have to leave. Yeah. He, they can look at him the same if he goes somewhere else but, and but leads a team to a championship. Skip, how you the best player in the world and you missed the last two series and a, a game and a half of the other one, mm. and they win, and they demolish. It wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. Think about they went two, they went six games with the Clippers. Mm -hmm. They demolish Houston I without you. Mm. They demolish in Portland without you. Mm. They'll probably run through Toronto or Milwaukee without you. Mm. And you want to walk around and say, I'm the baddest man on the mm. planet. How? Mm. <laughs> so my first question is this. Where has Kevin Durant been during the last four playoff games? Not on the bench. How many best players on teams, on really good teams, would say, I'm not even going to go out there and associate with you guys because I'm hurt. I'll just stay in the locker room. It's a bad look because they're supposed to be together, and now it looks like he's separating himself. I'm above all that. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go sit on the end of the bench in civvies and have to clap for you guys. That's how it comes across to mm -hmm. me. It's wrong. It's a bad look, even though we saw in the, was it game one at Oakland? I think it was where the TV camera caught him. He was shaking their hands as they came up. Game two, they were behind. That was game two, they were behind. I don't know if we yeah. saw it at game one or not. Yeah. But I assume he's just watching it on TV in yep. the locker room. Mm -hmm. That is wrong. Now to the irony of the Seth statement, which I brought up the next day on this show because I loved it because I agree with it and it's exactly what I keep saying sure. about these Warriors. Again, are they better without? No, they're not better on paper without Kevin Durant because yeah. he's the best player in the world to me right. and back-to-back -back finals MVP. Are they playing better without 
Kevin Durant yeah. than they were when Houston was on its 22 to nine run in the yeah. third quarter and looked like it had seized control right. of that game. Yes, they're playing better because to Seth's point, they are definitely harder to guard because everybody's moving. So Kevin left ISO ball in Oklahoma City for the beautiful ball movement that he saw in Oakland, and now it has degenerated slowly but surely and inevitably toward him because he's now clear aside, ISO, dribble, 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 rise up over two defenders and shoot a 15-foot jump shot. That's, That's what their offense had become, and it's really good. But again, right now, to my eye, it's working a little better without him as far as the ball movement because to Seth's point, it's way harder to guard those two guards. Yeah. And if you throw Iggy in there and everybody else and Draymond's is moving, Draymond, they're moving and grooving and, and picking. And, and again, yeah, that's a lot harder to guard because Seth could be guarding his brother and his brother when Kevin's on the floor is to, to Seth just watching. Yeah, Are you going? Steph, you Steph go? steady in the corner. Yeah. But here, Skip, he had a post. There was a guy that made a post. Doubt us without KD. Doubt Curry. Doubt Clay and Dre. <laughs> and keep thinking Milwaukee is better. Fan wrote on the post of Warriors Talk Instagram. Y'all doubters and haters will see. Kevin Durant responds, very divisive, Mikey. Let's celebrate the dub nation. No. F wrong. No. That's just some, how many followers? Mikey got like 23 followers, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, Skip, like, Skip, all he said, if you're doubting us with Clay and Steph and Draymond, you're doubting these Warriors without KD. We're going to prove you wrong. KD say you being divisive. All he doing is... Let, let, let me say this, though, and this is where just where I disagree with you, Shannon. What's that? If they're better without KD or win the championship without him, I agree, those titles are diminished a little bit. Next, Isaiah Thomas joins Nick and CeCe to dissect the Lakers choosing not to replace Magic Johnson. It's an extremely important role uh, in all basketball organizations. And I think it's extremely important for the Lakers also because this is the first time that I can remember since I've been in the NBA or been around basketball where the Lakers have not had a former player or a Laker in their organization running things or managing things. Mm. So this is, this, is a, this is a new territory that we're, we're entering into for the Lakers and for a lot of organizations. Most organizations in the NBA has always had uh, uh, some form of player within their management team. Uh, This is the first time where I've seen a couple of organizations now, they don't have a former player in their management team moving forward. And they say participation and observation is the best form of education. And what we have now in a lot of organizations is They've gone strictly towards observation, and they've totally discounted the participation in the sport. So if you've limited yourself from a total educational background in terms of advice, in terms of critique, in terms of knowledge. The closest thing they have to a former Laker in a position of power is Kurt Rambis, who seems to be getting his power via the proximity to his wife, Linda. Linda, who's one of Jeannie Buss's closest advisors. But the other reason for me, Isaiah, that this is so baffling is they didn't fire Magic Johnson. They didn't look at it and say, you know what, we have redundancy. We think Palinka can take on both roles. This was a job that was filled that Magic, with no warning, impromptu stepped away from. So you thought it was important enough to hire Magic and Plinka. You thought it was important enough to be taken aback when Magic walked away. And now you don't need it. 
So now, uh, Magic, I assume, was doing something during the day. Magic was, uh, there was some level of work that he was doing. Unless Polinka convinced them that he could do Well, he must have. But, but so, th th to me, you can see by them not hiring someone for this job and who they hired as the head coach, Frank Vogel, who nobody thought was about to get another head coaching job this quickly, especially at, it looked bad what happened with him in Orlando. It looked even worse once you saw Orlando this year. The reason you hire that coach is because that coach cedes power to whom? To Palenka. So Palenka gets some of the power a coach would have, all the power Magic Johnson had, and now becomes the most powerful voice in the organization that isn't a member of the Bus family. And this is where I think the, the NBA in our league has truly failed LeBron James because every place LeBron James has gone, they've always given him either a first-year coach or someone that they were experimenting with, and they always took unnecessary chances because you had LeBron James. LeBron James has never had the benefit of, in my opinion, Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, he had a Hall of Fame front office with Pat Riley in Miami. However, you know, they gave him a rookie coach mm -hmm. to get started off with. They even And there were some issues. And there were some issues. They, they lost, but then they regrouped. But at the same time, he's never had the benefit of, you know, the, the greatest coaches ever. And now you're in this organization now with the Lakers where historically they've always been known for uh, their front office, you know, expertise, so forth and so on. Now, they've had some bad luck and bad years, but LeBron James now coming into this situation is basically dealing with, you know, a, um, I a guess rookie front office. A rookie mm -hmm. front office. Yeah. And, and the rookie on all fronts, because now if, if, if Rob is going to be the GM and the president, he's never been the president of a basketball organization, mm -hmm. which is a lot of responsibility. Being a GM is a big responsibility, but when you're president and GM, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big bucket of water to drink. As far as the free agents out there, we know that this is a much-anticipated group coming. KD potentially being free, Kawhi, we talked about Kyrie Irving, and a bunch of others, Jimmy Butler. But I want to go back to something, because I think that you are one of the rare people that can really comment on this. Last year, the NBA and the Lakers, they tried to help LeBron. Magic waiting out front of his house now. Yep. Now, no one knows Magic better than you, and no one has been through the basketball experiences that you talk about mirrored with, with, with Magic. What the hell happened to Magic Johnson? And if I'm a free agent, why would you join the Lakers now where their greatest player quit and all the other chaos surrounding this team? So two things, I, and I'm just speculating here. Okay, I have no inside knowledge, just my, my observation from the outside. Uh, you get the title as president of basketball operations. And as president of basketball operations, you get to implement your vision. Not only do you get to implement your vision, but you also get to bring in managers and coaches and people that you think can implement your vision. I think Magic found out Later, later on in the process, that didn't read the details. <laughs> yeah, that that I'm I'm the president only in name only because when it mm -hmm. came time to to potentially fire the coach, fire the coach, potentially maybe well, even look at moving Rob Palinka. Yeah, then then it seems like okay, you you don't have full authority or autonomy to to make those moves. Now again, I'm just speculating yes. because I don't know. Uh, but if if you're given the title of president, 
then you get to make the moves and act as president. And it doesn't seem like that was the case in Los Angeles. How a lot of this gets fixed if they get one of these star free agents. Maybe not fixed, but people don't care as much. If you get an all-star caliber player to play alongside LeBron James, a lot of the mayhem of this offseason seems like secondary details. How much do you think this offseason has hurt their ability to get one of those star free agents? Well, it, and, and when you talk about star free agents, right, I'm only talking about the top tier. I'm only talking about the best of the best. Uh, people who can come in and be transitional and, and transform, transformation. KD, Kawhi, Kyrie. K oh, KD, okay. Kawhi. KD, KD and Kawhi. Those, those are the top two, right? Everybody else is going to fill in and be pieces mm. with. Okay. But these are, these, are the, these are the two guys. Now, if you're sitting there with Magic and LeBron, you got some conversation. Now, and, and Chris, you know this as a, as a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame career, there, there are different levels of this. So you saying, okay, I'm getting ready to put my, my legacy in your hands. And if I'm going to put my legacy in your hands, then it's got to be somebody that, that's, that's been in the room before. That has a legacy themselves. That, yes. <laughs> thank you. But you, you, yeah. you, 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 can't, you can't walk through that door and talk to the greatest players in the games with the greatest minds in the game and the greatest positions in the game, and you come in with some lightweights talking about we can do this, mm. don't happen. Now, Chris Broussard sits with Colin Coward to examine the NBA playoffs, the chances of KD returning to the Warriors, and Magic Johnson's breaking comments. And Chris Broussard and I are going to disagree on everything today. I mean, you just might as well come on in, get ready, because I, you and I are just not going to agree on stuff. So listen, the NBA, we have a history in the NBA. Michael Jordan lost, 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 lost. And all of a sudden, after all these losses, you build up a medal, a body armor, and then he finally conquered the Pistons. And uh, these great Detroit teams couldn't yep. beat the Celtics. And LeBron couldn't beat the Celtics. Right. It, generally, this league is a baby step league. And so I, I think there's a lot of people now, this narrative's building. Milwaukee's going to beat Golden State. And I just want to remind everybody, they were a team that last year could not win a road game in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And we think they're going to go because they're beating Toronto that doesn't have a dependable second score. And they're going to walk in and beat this dynasty. I'm watching Toronto-Milwaukee yesterday, Chris. And I'm like, these look like nice runner-up teams. <laughs> That's what they look well, like to, to me. To your point, you heard Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson both say, Golden State is the prohibitive underdog against Milwaukee. Oh, come on. Right. I, I'm with you. Look, if Kevin Durant's healthy, I'm definitely picking Golden State without hesitation. I'd say 90, 95% chance they win. If KD is not healthy, I'm still picking Golden State. It's a little closer. Look, Milwaukee's length, their depth, their shooting ability, their defensive ability, they present some matchup problems for Golden State. However, they're slow, so I think defensively they're going to have trouble chasing around the Warriors. So do I. Uh, like, especially if they play the and, way they have been playing without KD. And how much length can they have on the floor if the Warriors go small? Exactly. And so that, that's a serious question. The experience, the lack of experience, you know, on that stage is an issue. Uh, so I would go with Golden State. And look, in the East, they faced one-man shows. Uh, De Detroit had Blake Griffin. Kawhi turned the Celtics into a one-man show. And now Toronto, you got Kawhi Leonard. 
they're not – I mean, what they're viewing offensively is – it's like addition and subtraction compared to calculus with what they'll face hey, with Golden State. Yeah, I, I think it's a different ballgame. How surprised are you um, just how effective they've been, Golden State? I mean, i, I got to be honest with you. They are – you know, they're like a champion boxer. They kind of win the end of the round, the end of the quarter, the end of the game. They're – they're, they play decoy. Like, it, right. it's, they're, they have not lost an ounce of their confidence. I'm with you on what you just said about – because a lot of people are saying, well, Portland is winning these games and then they're falling apart at the end. No, 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 no. Golden State is pacing itself. They know, look, stay close. Even when they're down 13, 17, just stay in there. And then when we need to, we'll turn it on and win the series. They have to kind of pace themselves a little more without Kevin Durant. As far as surprise, if you were to ask me how surprised I am how they're playing without KD, I'm not surprised. I mean, every when he went out the first year, remember he missed like the last 20 games or something like that in the first year he was there, last 13 or something, and they went on just like this. At the end of the regular season, they did the same thing. And Steph, who had been really good, but not the old Steph when, in KD's first year, he all of a sudden gets back to playing the old Steph way. So people are wondering, are they better without KD? The thing is this. They don't have to be better without KD. They just have to be better than everybody else without KD. If they're the best team in the world without KD, that diminishes his stature doesn't mean he's not a great player. Doesn't mean he's not the best player in the world, perhaps. But people already look at those two rings. I've talked to players in the league who said, look, there's nobody that denies how great KD is, how great of a player he is. But dudes do look at the rings like, I mean, you went to the best team in the league and right. got those rings. We've heard Clyde Frazier. We heard his own teammate, Draymond. We don't need you. Leave. We heard his general manager, Bob Myers, at the parade last year. KD hadn't been here that, as long as Steph and hadn't been here from the beginning. It, KD, here, but here's the thing, Colin. All that KD was hearing, he could look. He could look back, tell himself, but hold up. I was the two-time finals MVP. Right. People saying I'm the best player in the world now. All my teammates are saying we need KD. He's our best player. You could rationalize to yourself in that internal debate. Nah, they, they, these critics don't know what they're talking about. But now it's right in front of your face. You're watching with your own eyes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they do look better without me. Like, I mean, he's a smart basketball player. He sees the ball movement. He knows they're winning now by 10 points a game, whereas with him, they were winning by four points a game in the playoffs. And theoretically, he was playing in easier playoff games because it was a first and second round. They're in the later rounds winning by double digits without you. And so for KD, this has to be tough for him. He's a human being, so it has to be tough for him. And it's why he's got to leave, especially if they win it without him. You know what I keep thinking about? When I, whenever I watch Golden State win, I keep thinking about Houston. Houston thinks they're this close. And they're sitting there and they're like, they're, they're going to sweep Portland without KD, without Boogie. <laughs> Iggy's not healthy. Like, you know how sometimes you think you're, 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 you're close in sports? And then, you know, you're, oh, we're getting right. We're right up next to Alabama and we're right up next to the Patriots. And 
You know how many teams, the Houston Texans a couple years ago, man, we're just this close. Then they go up there and it's like, nah, like J.J. Watt is completely irrelevant against the Patriots because Brady gets rid of the ball so fast. Houston has to be watching this. And I love Daryl Morey, but they're shooting fewer threes. Right. They don't have their guys. I, I think it shows the dexterity, how nimble, how smart. You know what they're showing, Colin, for everyone out there in the basketball world, that basketball is about more than an accumulation of talent. Okay? You, you need a certain degree of talent. Right. But if you've got talent, teamwork, chemistry, trust, finding the perfect system for your talent, your, your players, that's more important. Go back to 2014. When San Antonio blew out Miami in the by, I think, a record margin in the finals with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, I could argue Miami had more talent. Tim Duncan was a shell of himself. Manu and Tony Parker were at the end of their primes, if that. They may have been just out of their primes. And Kawhi Leonard was a baby. And they ran circles around Miami because they played team basketball. They passed the ball. They shared. Now, we're so used to ISO basketball that we've forgotten that, and Golden State shows us that again. Look at Team USA in 2004. Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, LeBron, Wade, Carmelo, Richard Jefferson, Stephon Marbury, and they're getting beaten by Puerto Rico and, and all these other teams in Europe because basketball is still a team game. And Golden State is showing everybody that. Uh, Magic Johnson went on ESPN today, and he said some things. And the, the, the probably the most noteworthy thing, I, I you know, Magic's not the kind of guy that's going to create constant controversy. If you watch his Twitter feed, he's not a wildly <laughs> crazy out there guy. Uh, you know, his, his Twitter feeds become kind of a you know, kind of everybody kind of laughs about it. Steph because, can shoot. <laughs> it's kind of generic. <laughs> and Magic's a good guy, and he's not trying to bury people. I didn't think he'd go on TV today and you know bury Lonzo and bury you know LeBron and Jeannie and I but he went after Rob Polinka, who looks like Rob Lowe and uh, he, he basically said people around the Laker front office were telling me Rob was saying things and I didn't like those things being said behind my back uh, that I wasn't in the office enough so I started getting calls from uh, you know uh, my friends saying those things now were said to them outside of basketball and let's start Chris Broussard with that. Were you surprised he went directly after Rob Palenka, who now, it, according to Joy's story this morning, runs the Lakers? Yeah, well, this is what we were hearing. You know, all the scuttlebutt around the league was that he had had issues with Palenka. Palenka, I mean, for months you've been hearing that he was just going up to people like, knowing Magic's not in office. Where's Magic? You see, man? Just to highlight the fact that he's not there, never around. So you were hearing all these things. I give Magic props for coming out publicly and confirming it and just getting things out in the open because yeah. you stop all the speculation when you're open and honest. And obviously the Lakers haven't said a word about anything else. Here's the problem, though. I thought Magic was supposed to be helping the Lakers recruit. Like, players are more sophisticated nowadays. Oh, yeah. Players are looking at front offices and saying, hmm, I'm telling you, and I do think the Knicks still get players. They're going to get players this summer. But players are looking at James Dolan and saying, yeah, I like Scott Perry, the GM, and Steve Mills is there, and Fizdale, but they're looking at the hierarchy and saying, can I trust that organization? And, and uh, with the players doing it, you know who else is doing it? They're agents. Agents are telling the players, giving them the rundown of each situation. And a lot of these agents had issues with Rob Palenka, in addition to other people in the league, 
And so now Magic comes out and gives even more ammunition. C- confirms. Right. So if, if, if a guy would badmouth Magic, who else would he badmouth? Yeah, it, so it, it, it's another obstacle the Lakers may have to you overcome. You know what I, what I feel like, and I, and, I, and I respect Magic for this, Magic's like got a brand. And Magic's brand is he's a helper. He was a passer as a player. He's a passer as a person. He's human LinkedIn. He's always trying to elevate. And Magic is offended. If you come to Los Angeles, even if you're a Clipper or a Dodger, and you don't come to him and say, hey, man, right. can I do some business in this town? Like, Magic loves elevating people. He really does. It's He's part- one of the greatest people person you'll uh, he, ever, people I, I, people you'll ever. I've meet. been in a room four or five times with Magic. He lights it up. I mean, yeah. he just takes the oxygen out of the room. Charles Barkley has that ability, right? Whereas Shaq's bigger and doesn't have quite that ability. Kobe didn't have that ability. So I think what Magic's doing here, and I'm okay with it. Magic's saying, "Hey, I'm going to protect my brand." You're making me look incompetent. Right. I'm a businessman here. You're not going to make me look like I'm a fool. That's a great point because watching that interview did make me say, you know what? Magic was doing, like, the right thing. He had told Jeannie, you understand, I got a lot of other things going on. Don't expect me to be in the office all the time. Okay, so so you don't take that away from him. And then Tim Harris is helping make basketball decisions. You're right. I came away thinking – you know what? Magic wasn't the problem there. You know, they got a lot of other issues, as we've seen. And, like, even now, they're not going to hire a, a replacement for Magic. That's fine. It was clear Rob Palenka was going to hedge your basketball operations. But can you be professional and ele- give them the proper titles? Make Palenka the president, the executive vice president, bas- basketball operations, whatever you want to call it, and make Kurt Rambis the general manager or, or something number two. Right now, you have no titles for these. Kurt Rambis is a special advisor. What, what does that mean? Linda Rambis is the special projects coordinator or something like that. <laughs> like, you, it makes it look like you don't understand the importance of infrastructure and structure, and that is something that free agents are going to look like. Believe me, one of the selling points for the Clippers in free agency is the structure of their front office and how well it's run and that is going to hurt the Lakers if they don't get this thing. Following Kendrick Perkins sits with Skip and Shan to break down Portland's third quarter collapses to the Warriors to fall 3-0 in the series. Has this series been more about Golden State or Portland? This series has been more about Golden State. Portland has overachieved. They 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 good where they at, making it to the Western Conference Finals. I think we've seen that after game seven when we seen Dame the emotional. The emotions he had after Game Seven, Portland is cool. Golden State is more about Golden State right now, playing without Kevin Durant, showing the world that hey, we're still here, we're still champs even without Kevin Durant. And on top of that, what you have to understand is is that Golden State has about four to five guys that's up for contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. And so these guys are going to go out there and leave it all out on the line. Mm-hmm. So I think this is more so about Golden State proving, proving, trying to prove to the world or proving to the world that they can win without Kevin Durant. Now, can they win the title without KD? Absolutely not. They need Kevin Durant back. You're talking about so. this year they can't win. They, they can't beat Milwaukee or Toronto. Oh, yeah, they, they, can, they cannot beat Milwaukee or Toronto without Kevin Durant. And they really? need Kevin Durant. Wow. Let's not let's not get it confused. Let's not get it confused now. 
Golden State went and recruited Kevin Durant. Right. Kevin Durant ain't called Golden State and say, hey, I want to come join you guys. Mm -hmm. No. What Golden State did, they won their first championship, and then all of a sudden, Braun, King James, came back down 3-1 and took their title from them, and they seen it. They was like, oh, well, he's coming out the East every year, so we got to go get somebody to match him. Mm -hmm. We got to go get somebody to take us over the top. And, and let's not forget this, too. By the way, I got to give some credit to Klay Thompson. He don't get enough credit. Mm -hmm. He's been the best shooting guard in the playoffs this year. I mean, he's... Beyond he, Steph? I mean, shooting guards. Steph, Steph is Steph a point guard. Well, I, I no. consider him shooting. Okay. That's yeah, well, but I'm talking about... All the guys are shooting guards. I'm talking about... I'm talking about he play, he's I feel playing, like Draymond's the point guard. He's playing <laughs> no, both... Yeah, he's playing both ends of the court really well. Yes. But on top of that, let's not forget, Steph has a history of disappearing in finals. He does. So He has had. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's been a big, big yep. stage for it's him. Been, yes, he has a history of disappearing in the finals. Yep. Even without KD being on the team, who was the MVP? Iguodala. And they was talking about giving it to LeBron, and he lost. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, yes, they're, they're showing the world that they're still, you know, Golden State, but, no, nah, they still need And Kevin by the way, LeBron. I'm not sure we're going to see much of Iguodala from here on. Yeah. yeah. Because once you get an Achilles strain, I don't know if you're at tendonitis, where it's just so I bad, it, really? it just shuts you down. It does. It's, it's very painful. I ended yeah. up getting a, uh, this was in college, my senior year yeah. in college, I ended up getting a shot, you did. a cortisone shot in my Achilles, and I still, I missed like two weeks of practice. And good thing it happened in the uh, in, in the preseason. I, I, I agree with you, Perk. Uh, this is by Golden State. And uh, I've been very, very impressed with Golden State. I'm not surprised, <laughs> but I am surprised that they played, this was... 73, they're playing like 73 and 9 Golden State. They are. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that, that this was a great team before Kevin Durant joined it. Mm -hmm. He made them unbeatable. I'm not so sure that had Cleveland broken up like they did and KD stays at OKC, Golden State's going to still be the prohibited favorite every year mm -hmm. to come out of the West and every year to win the title. What KD did is that he made them unbeatable in a seven-game series. I agree. This is still a great team. Steph is reminding people, <laughs> I'm the last guy to win consecutive MVPs. Mm -hmm. Regular season. You, you, you do understand that. Uh, Draymond, as you mentioned, contract. See, Draymond is the biggest beneficiary if KD leaves because mm. now you got to max it. Mm. See, Skip, he's going to be the odd man out. You can't max Clay, Steph, KD. Mm -hmm. And Draymond, so Draymond would be the biggest beneficiary mm -hmm. if KD leave. Cause he looking at Max. He's like, remember last time I took that little bit of money so mm -hmm. we could go get KD. Yep. Cause if you had Max me out, KD was gonna be a no go. He's looking to get his money. Clay, I believe Clay always has the toughest job because he always gets the toughest defensive assignment. Mm -hmm. He's got to guard the James Harden. Yeah. Or he'll start on LeBron James. Or he guards Dame Lillard. He always guards that guy, Skip. Or the Paul George or the Russell, normally he guards Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. So he always has a tough assignment, but we still need his 20 to 25 on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. So this has all <coughs> been about Golden State, mm -hmm. and they're reminding the world just how great they were before KD. They are. And sure. don't sleep on them. Mm -hmm. We're going to be great even without KD. That's what they're saying, which is why this team is so different than the 73-9 and nine team because this team has a postseason motivation that team did not have. Correct. That team was just trying to defend. You know, it's trying, like, wait, 
we're, we're supposed to be this good. Right. And to your point, Steph has come up very smaller than he is in a lot of big late postseason games. But in this case, he, he is more motivated than I've ever seen him, yeah, and so is Draymond. And those two are playing at an electric level, mm-hmm. just their yeah. movement, their quickness, their, their spring in their step. I've never seen anything like it before, which is why – I don't think Milwaukee or Toronto can beat this team with the motivation it has right now yeah. because it's trying to show everybody we can win without that guy. We right. won without him before, and we're going to show you we can win without him now. And we're going to remind you, don't write us off next year because we're sure. going to be this good going forward. So, again, they're on fire with new motivation they didn't have. They were backpedaling on 73 and nine. Right. And then obviously Draymond got suspended for game five. And all of a sudden they lost their flow. Right. Steph just went completely South in five, six and seven that, that year. And see, I agree right. with you. I agree with you on that too, Skip. And, but y'all have to understand this. Draymond Green is the heart and soul. Oh, absolutely. Is the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. Yes. I mean, he's, he's everything that you want in a basketball player. He's everything that you want in a basketball player. He can switch one through fives. He can pass. He can mm-hmm. dribble. He can nice score. It, everything. He does it all. He's right. everything that, and he gives them swagger. He gives them swagger. And I ain't gonna lie. When I seen KD go out in the Houston series, it looked like Steph had a breath, uh, 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 breath of fresh air. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you just seen him come alive. Because now, now I don't have, skip. I don't have to worry. If I take twenty five shots. I ain't got to worry about him like, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, he upset. So, and Draymond, the biggest thing that Draymond has done, Skip, this is the best I've seen him play since that game, game seven of the, the finals they lost, mm-hmm. is that he stopped dilly-dallying with the referees. Mm-hmm. He did. He's just playing basketball. Anyway, he, yeah. he talked about that yesterday. He said, yeah. you know, too many times I just play out of control. Yeah. He said, sometimes I take a tech just to get my team right. fired up. Right. But he said, too often, I've just played ugly basketball, yeah. you know, and just took techs. You play it like yeah. this? Yeah. Oh, they got to max him out. Yeah. He said he's been talking about leadership, too. Like, he's been trying to step up in that sense. Kind of an unsung hero well, he in a was lot leader. of ways. Little did he know, Skip, he did him a favor. Yep. <laughs> but, but, please, that's, but please, let's not sleep on Toronto and Milwaukee. Mm. Okay. Those t- no. Toronto not coming out the East. Okay, well, let's Swing. not sleep. Milwaukee's good. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Kendrick, right. good stuff. Thank, Thank you so you. much Thanks for joining us today. Let's stay Finally, Nick and CeCe examine the Bucks-Raptors Game 3 and the possibility of the Raptors winning Game 4 at home. How impressive was Kawhi last night? Well, very impressive. Not only the minutes that you talked about, but making key buckets. I think the most impressive thing of everything that he might have done, besides being, because early in the game, he looked like he tweaked his leg a little bit, Yeah. you know, to play those types of minutes. But those minutes that he played on Giannis, to be able to take those minutes off of Serge Ibaka and Siakam, that they didn't have to play him. And it was a totally different style. He's undersized. The shortest guy that's probably guarded Giannis in this playoff in the first um, three rounds of it. And he gave Giannis some problems. He kind of he could anticipate where Giannis was going to go first, so he would get to that spot and then try to make Giannis either pick up the ball or spin back into him. And what he would do was he would try to get Giannis before. A lot like Andre Iguodala does. Old school basketball players, as you bring the ball up to shoot it, that's where they try to defend you the hardest compared to defending you at the top of your jump. Very, very successful. And you can't stop Giannis without your teammates. So them being completely engaged of what's the game plan, we're going to help Kawhi when we have to, and 
We're not going to give Giannis anything easy. We don't mind if he goes to the free throw line. We're going to foul him. We're going to foul him hard. We're going to foul him often. Very, very successful. That's what kept Toronto in this game, and they were able to get enough offense at the end with Kawhi in that double overtime where he was probably the most productive offensively to be able to close him out. Very impressed with the way Kawhi played to be able to save their season in game number three. Yeah, Kawhi was outstanding on both ends, much like he was the last time their season was on on the line game seven against the Philadelphia 76ers and much like that game this game had an importance greater than just this series we we've talked all season long about Toronto's ability to keep Kawhi Leonard after this year we thought the hitting that game winning shot against the Sixers was an enormous step towards that but we said the next day but if in the next round if they get swept if they get if they get mm -hmm. drummed off the court then a lot of those memories from round two will be darkened a bit by what's right. happened in round three. What's the impact of the shot now? Right, and if they lose last night, I, maybe they win game four, but they, the series is over. Yes. They are probably going to get swept, and it would have been despite Kawhi playing great. Kawhi played all these things Chris talking about were true with three minutes left in the double overtime when Milwaukee had a one-point lead. Mm -hmm. They easily could have lost the game. Giannis obviously fouled out very early in that double overtime, which helped Toronto greatly. But Kawhi was in a game that I think he's going up against right now the best player currently playing. Kawhi was the best player on the court, on both ends of the court. And you mentioned he got a little more help from his starters he did. But the bench from Toronto was the same bench it's been all series. Norman Powell stepped up. He stepped up bigger than he has throughout the series. And then who is there? There's Serge. It's been one of those two guys. Mm -hmm. Van Vliet was a non-factor again. He was particularly awful. So instead of being a six-man team, they were maybe a seven-man team last night. But it was mostly Kawhi Leonard, not just the 36 points, but what Chris talked about, his defense on Giannis and Chris Middleton as well. He was matched up on some. And Middleton struggled mm -hmm. the entire game. But wouldn't you say, though, maybe they didn't get everything they've had from their bench the way they had all season long. This was much more of a complete game from a complete team than we've seen from the Raptors, at least in the postseason. And Look what it took for them to beat the Bucks. It took the mm -hmm. 52 minutes of play from Kawhi Leonard on a, on a leg that may or may not be affecting him moving forward. It took 36 points. It took everything they had from everyone they had, and 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 then they just beat the Bucks. I mean, it, it feels like they've got a heavy weight on their shoulder if, if they want to duplicate this and do this again. Well, Milwaukee's the best team in the NBA throughout the regular season. So how they would react when during the regular season. These teams have a method for which they're going to win. And part of the method for Toronto was they played well when Kawhi wasn't in the lineup. They also had a tremendous bench. Nick has talked about it, how much they miss OG. Um, appendectomies kept him out of all three playoff series. And their bench has not been good. 27 points in last night's game in a double overtime, which they needed them. Kyle Lowry fouls out, Powell fouls out. Like, they needed them. But they lost the bench scoring 2-1, to one, though, because Milwaukee scores 50-something points. Yep. So it lets you know the bench didn't win this game. They did come in and play some very serviceable minutes that aren't in the stat sheet. But 
Man, they need an answer to Milwaukee's bench. Milwaukee, 54 points off the bench again. That's how Toronto, they're barely able to survive that. Right. It goes to double overtime despite no Milwaukee starter having more than 16 points. And despite mm -hmm. Giannis having the struggles that I know you want to get into. Were you concerned about Giannis last night? Well, I mean, he, listen, this was the worst offensive game he's played all year. One of the five worst offensive games he's played in the last two years. He, he's still... Because he is such a versatile player, he puts his imprint on the game elsewhere. He gets a career high in rebounds. He was tremendous on the defensive end. But it wasn't just the 12 points. The eight turnovers were enormous. Though, yes. And they are mostly live ball turnovers. They're what you're talking about. Kawhi stripping him or Giannis, who's a good ball handler for his size. But because he's damn near seven feet tall, he still has a propensity to dribble a little too high. And he was yep. getting, before he could get into his Euro step or get into his spin move, he was having the ball knocked away from him. I'm not concerned because I think Giannis will bounce back with an excellent game four. He had an excellent game two, even though I didn't even think that was his A game. But Giannis was... Giannis, this was the worst game he's played this postseason, and offensively, the worst game he's played all year. Yeah, I have some concerns, Jenna, because you don't expect a superstar, potentially the MVP, to play 44 minutes and only get 16 shots. Like, you're supposed to get more shots than that, especially on the road. I know last year we had conversations about Giannis in some of the road games. He disappeared. This year, he's been a little more consistent. But when you go on the road, you need your marquee player. You need the MVP of the league to be able to put some type of imprint on the game. No, not rebounding. No, not just defensively. But you need to be able to score the basketball. Right. They were struggling scoring the basketball, and that's why his total evolution, it's important. And that's why it's important for younger players. You need to be able to get your shot. And last night, Giannis could not get to his spot to produce the type of shots that would have led them to a victory. Right. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.